What is happening to the surface of the planet Earth and to California's Central Valley? The concerns we have here in Modesto are varied. We need to look at the effects that the global temperatures are having on our soil and various aspects of life in an agricultural community. What are the honest, hardcore facts about reckless human behavior that cause the peril that humans make for each other? And what can we do to take better care of each other? Great Mother Earth, her promise in peril. We are curators of factual recordings so that you can learn and navigate for yourself this terrain of the perils and the promises right here on kcbpradio.org sponsored by the Peace Life Center of Modesto. On today's show, we'll go deeper into one of the topics we've explored in previous episodes of The Peril and the Promise. This is the topic of Site 300, which is one of the projects of Lawrence Livermore National Lab. And this project called Site 300 is based in Tracy, California. Some of the civilians today you might hear talking about the California Environmental Quality Act, also known as CEQA, because the acronym California Environmental Quality Act spells C-E-Q-A. So people just refer to it as CEQA, and this is an issue that the law of California is that individuals and corporations and government entities are not supposed to pollute beyond certain levels. Uh, allegedly in the United States, the EPA, and in California, the CEQA, are to ensure that civilians will not be harmed by pollutants. So in early July, the San Joaquin County Air Pollution Control District had a preliminary decision that CEQA was not going to need to be followed. That was quite annoying to several people, and you'll hear why. We'll start with a conversation between a couple of people outside of the Tracy City Council Chambers uh, when the Air Quality Board of San Joaquin was meeting to hear public comments. I do not think that the legislature of California, when they developed CEQA, when and, and our federal government developed its sister law, NEPA, contemplated that exemptions to those would be applied to things like thousand pound bomb blasts. I'm talking like really small things should get CEQA exemptions. This is not a small thing. I mean, it borders on the absurd to think that bomb blasts would be exempt to CEQA. And I will tell you right now, all state judges would agree with me. Okay? So CEQA is a crucial public disclosure law. And so what the agency is doing here by giving a CEQA exemption is saying that they don't think that there's a need for in-depth study of what the impacts might be. That was attorney Scott Yunt, who works with Tri-Valley Cares, explaining and demonstrating how the need for CEQA in this process of Site 300 does exist. Again, CEQA is an acronym for the California Environmental Quality Act, the process by which uh, such projects as huge bomb explosions uh, near the city of Tracy would or would not be allowed 
by any public agency, including at this hearing where Scott was speaking, the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District's um, explanation of their preliminary decision and their call for information and concerns from the general public, from civilians. This was a good example of democracy at its beginnings. And at the time of this recording for The Peril and the Promise, uh, there is some hope, there's some promise that perhaps the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District might do the right thing, might be listening to the voice of the people and to good sound science and the precautionary principle and say, oh, wait a minute, it's not time to allow open air bomb detonations detonations uh, near the city of Tracy and come up with alternate solutions to throw back to uh, Lawrence Livermore Lab as to whatever action they'd like to take that hopefully will not include contaminating the air, water, and land of the people around Tracy, California. You guys have a document that is the district CEQA implementation process summary that's on your website. It's very nice. It's a flow chart. Speaking of flow, the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District is aware that the wind blows from Site 300 over the city of Tracy 45% of the time. Um, depleted uranium is one of the toxins that has exploded at Site 300. And again, uh, Site 300 has been operating since 1958 or so at um, no more than uh, 100 pounds per bomb blast and no more than 1,000 pounds per year. And the question at stake is whether or not uh, that should increase, let alone the fact that it's still a Superfund site and needs to be uh, cleaned up by law and by human sanity. But let's get back to what um, attorney Scott Yunt was uh, saying when he addressed the board of the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District directly in July of 2018. I recommend people take a look at it. And it says that under the preliminary review, that your agency will determine if the project has a significant environmental impact, which they decided on their preliminary review it doesn't. But it says, or in capital letters, if there's a public concern. And if there's a public concern, that's enough to require, under their own rules, a detailed CEQA analysis. People, is there a public concern? I agree. One of the most powerful voices of public concern came from Shabon. She spoke about her boyfriend dying of an asthma attack due to bad air quality. She told that directly to the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District, as you'll hear in a second. And she subsequently spoke about the hope that the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District might go with their consciences, do the right thing, and deny the capacity of Lawrence Livermore National Lab to expand the pollution and contamination of the air and subsequently the water and the soil in and around Tracy, California. My boyfriend died of an asthma attack in my arms. He did not have asthma. It happens all the time. These are the stories of the people. The people are in the room tonight telling you and urging you to please do your due diligence. I 
implore you on behalf of not just environment, social, social justice. We are a low impoverished socioeconomic area of California. Look at in the audience what you see, majority white people. Was this, was this put out in Spanish as well? Where are our transcribers? Please hold another hearing. I urge you. Thank you. So I asked Shaban and Nurse Dottie what they thought of the promise of hopes, what might possibly happen in the future. Is there any hope that Site 300 could actually get cleaned up rather than get further toxified? And if this process of the public hearing could be a step in that direction? I think that they can put their foot down and it will not happen. So it's up to them to do their due diligence and respect the people and folks that come out here tonight. Thanks. That, isn't that the purpose of a public hearing? Yes. To actually hear from the public and to get the input? Because honestly, that body is supposed to serve the public. So This was public a public notice six yeah. days before and you have a packed house. If that doesn't tell you per CEQA guidelines that they can't move forward if there's any public dissent or if the CEQA process needs to be conducted, blows my mind. I agree with so many of the very articulate people that have talked about the need for the CEQA. Um, it seems very obvious there's a lot of public support and that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. The Lawrence Livermore Lab put a tiny little notice in the Tracy Press and nobody would have known about it unless I know High Valley Cares um, publicized this. And then I think, um, well, you guys said in your notice to us that because of there was a public request for a hearing that you're holding this hearing, you then you probably wouldn't have held a hearing and you probably would have approved this without anybody's knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm very angry about that and, and it's really important that um, if you've just tuned in to The Peril and the Promise, we today have been hearing uh, different arguments and statements, heartfelt statements from different people regarding Site 300 and the proposal to have more uh, explosions occur there at higher levels from 100 pounds per detonation to a thousand pounds per detonation, which would of course include beryllium, phosphine, hydrogen cyanide, dioxin, vinyl chloride, and you know, more than a hundred other contaminants being exploded in the open air uh, near Tracy uh, so that uh, people downwind as the wind blows could be contaminated by these explosions. This is the plans of uh, Lawrence Livermore, not just to continue the smaller amounts of detonations, but to increase it tenfold to a thousand pounds per detonation. One of the proposals has been to uh, put these explosions inside of a large, expensive container, multi-million dollar container, that would cost less than 1% of Lawrence Livermore National Lab's budget annually. Um, but would save so much more money in terms of the healthcare costs uh, for the workers and for the public when they are suing the lab in the future if this goes forward um, as more and more people get contaminated by these open-air detonations. So in order to avoid that, uh, the argument was uh, has been uh, proposed that either the lab does this 
in another state or another area or another place where there's a, a building that can contain them, or if it's here in the San Joaquin Valley at uh, Site 300 near Tracy, that they would build the building there. We'll be back uh, after a short musical break to uh, hear more from some people, uh, some more civilians speaking about the Site 300 project and the potential increase of pollution and the health risks. Again, if you're just joining us, this is The Peril and The Promise. Today's show is devoted pretty much entirely to the issue of Site 300, which is a project of Lawrence Livermore Lab, uh, allegedly uh, going to continue near Tracy. Site 300 has been there uh, since around 1958, I believe, and uh, in the past, uh, 100-pound explosive detonations have been allowed to occur since the late 50s and uh, a couple decades ago there was a proposal to increase it to a little more than 300 pounds per detonation and now the current proposal is to oh and that was uh, shot down P 
people did not allow that to happen a couple decades ago because the city of Tracy was expanding. There was good reasons to not increase by more than triple the amount of ex uh, explosives, uh, 100 pounds to over 300 pounds per detonation. So a couple decades ago, that was decided as not a good idea when Tracy was still a little bit smaller than it is today. Now they're planning to increase it to 1,000 pounds per detonation. That's Lawrence Livermore Lab wanting to do this on a firing table in the open air at Site 300 near Tracy. And so that's the big contentious issue, uh, whether or not Lawrence Livermore Lab can continue to do this at a Superfund site. One of those issues is that the explosions are still occurring in open air and that it will be at least 60 years before this Superfund site could be cleaned up. That's if they started cleaning up now. Um, and it could uh, just delay that cleanup of the Superfund site or make it even a more expensive cleanup uh, if they increase from 100 pounds per detonation to 1,000 pounds per detonation. So thank you for listening to The Peril and the Promise. And we have a few more comments that we'd like to hear. Uh, that were recorded during uh, the summertime uh, public hearing at the San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Control District's preliminary decision meeting that was held in Tracy. This is Pegasus with KCPP Radio. The Peril and the Promise with uh, Yolanda Park. You just spoke at this meeting here in Tracy about Site 300. Can you recap that, what you spoke about? Yeah, sure. Thank you for uh, speaking with me. One of the concerns that we have is that we're going from 100 pounds to 1,000 pounds per day, right? So we're talking about a lot of explosives that are going to send 121 pollutants and contaminants into the air. Now, anybody in California knows that the air travels and it gets around and it carries on it whatever's floating around. Uh, just look at the wildfire smoke, right? So there's a major concern that the pollutants are not going to stay contained because in fact, there's really no containment measures that Livermore Lab is proposing. And, and so, the pollutants are going to carry near and far and here in the Central Valley we already have the worst air quality in the nation so having that plus these contaminants especially for children and older folk who are already sensitive to these contaminants it's going to impact their health and their livelihood. Can you um, uh, qualify the statement that we have the worst air quality in the nation or how do what's your data so according to the american lung association we have the worst particulate matter unfortunately and um, uh, probably the highest cases of uh, asthma or other data or other effects or? there's definitely high cases of asthma especially in communities that are uh, historically disadvantaged or low income and you can look at cal screen uh, .org, I believe, or .com, and, and that has a lot of information about these kinds of contaminations or other environmental concerns that can be looked up by anyone for any part of California. 
And finally, um, as a person of conscience, a person of faith, what what is your estimation or uh, evaluation of uh, the people on the air quality board, those people and what their job is, and the fact that they've been given potentially new information tonight, especially that part about Livermore's own data contradicts some of the stuff that they were bringing up tonight. And where, what do you think is going to happen with their spirits? How, what's your hope? Well, if you have <laughs> regarding this well, issue, you should always have hope, right? <laughs> and yeah, I do have hope that they're going to listen to these comments. And I, you know, we're all human, right? So we don't do things perfectly. So it's within reason, more or less, that they weren't aware of some of the concerns that the community brought up. But now that they are, there is a responsibility, there is an obligation to look into that and to take it into account. And that's my hope that they will do so. The, the Air District has worked hard to bring emission levels down, but we need to keep going. This is not a time to be backsliding. Everyone is looking, the world is looking at California. And if we're saying, sure, it's okay to detonate a thousand pounds per day of high explosives six miles from a city, what are we telling the world? That we don't really care? That we're not really concerned about our children or the elderly or anyone for that matter? So I do have hopes that they're actually going to listen. And I do have hopes that they will do something about it rather than just sit there like water off a duck's back. My name is Yolanda Park. I am the Environmental Justice Program Manager at Catholic Charities of the Diocese of Stockton, and I am the only one in the nation. There is no other EJ program at a, at a Catholic Charities. I am also a mother of three boys, ages five, three, and one and a half. So I definitely spoke with two hats today, yes. one with my EJ hat and one as the hat of a mom. Thanks again, Yolanda. Thank you. This is The Peril and the Promise. I am Pegasus, and I'm only one of a few of the radio producers from here in Modesto who have gone to Tracy to listen and find out about what potential there is to either stop or continue more pollution from Site-300's explosions uh, conducted by Lawrence Livermore Lab. At the hearing that I went to in July of 2018, everybody spoke against the possibility of contaminating more humans and other life forms uh, in Tracy and in the Central Valley. There was at least one person, a military veteran, who was grateful that Site 300 and other programs conducted by the United States do test explosions so that uh, when the United States bombs other places, uh, the U.S. military can be can feel safer. But even that individual, speaking in favor of continuing Site 300's work, was unanimous with the rest of the voices, the rest of the people present who spoke that night, unanimous in saying, do not contaminate the civilians and the people of Tracy, um, that there's got to be better ways, if there's going to be any continuing of um, testing these explosions, there's got to be better ways to um, protect the civilians and the public around such facilities.
Before we close out this program of the peril and the promise, there's uh, the ongoing issue of whether or not glyphosate in Roundup, produced by Monsanto and Bayer Ag, if that is or is not a major contributor, a cause of disease and harm in humans, such as non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. We include the following report in The Peril and the Promise because of the hope, promise, that the truth about what's happening with people's non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, the data can be presented in a court so that people can figure out what is actually happening and what is the level of culpability of the producers of glyphosate and how long they've known that glyphosate is a problem and an end to the spreading of glyphosate. When it comes to the international controversy of Monsanto's Roundup, the latest battleground is here in California where a federal judge is allowing the cases of 400 plaintiffs against Monsanto to continue. Monsanto is now owned by Bayer AG, but has been making Roundup with glyphosate for four decades, whereby the scientific debate has been constant since the late 1970s. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency has gone back and forth on considering glyphosate a possible carcinogen. Then three years ago, the World Health Organization classified glyphosate as, quote, probably carcinogenic to humans, unquote a study Monsanto has adamantly denied. There's 10 times as many plaintiffs waiting in the wings to sue Monsanto as well if these current 400 cases go to trial with a jury and the jury decides against Monsanto's denials of culpability. The litigation has the potential to get Roundup off the shelves in hardware stores in the Central Valley if the plaintiffs win their cause since they sincerely believe their use of Roundup and other glyphosate products has caused their non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. If you want more scientific information and the compendium of a lot of the data that's been put together, the book is called Whitewash. You can find all of this investigative journalism by reading the book Whitewash, and you can get information about the book. You can even read little snippets of it online at islandpress.org slash book slash whitewash. Again, that website is Island Press, which is I-S-L-A-N-D-P-R-E-S-S dot org slash book slash whitewash. <laughs> You've been listening to The Peril and the Promise from kcbpradio.org. Music on The Peril and the Promise on the Earth is by Alzara Getz and Dorothy Smelter.